0: Excuse me guys, I'm just getting the recording going. There you go. Morning everybody. It's lovely to be here with you all. Um as Tess said I am um, just gonna take this off of this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we like to leash the preacher to the uh, spot. Is <laughs> <laughs> it gonna stay in the in the marks? Yeah. It's a real privilege to be here with you all, some, some old, some new faces. Thanks uh, for having me here today, it's a real privilege. Before we go any further, I'd like to just pray, and we're going to get into what I feel God's got to say. So just join me, maybe just open up your hands as a kind of a gesture to the Holy Spirit. I love that I'm um, tearing just reminding us of what it's like and the songs remind us of having the King amongst us. The Holy Spirit, we give you glory. We wouldn't be here without you. This whole thing would just be so dry and so us without you. So we give you this moment here together. We honor you, Jesus, with our our morning, with our time. And just this little bit of energy you have in this moment together. We thank you, Jesus, that you are here moving in our midst. And we just sense your presence, the sweetness of your presence already, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing amongst us. I just pray for every single child, every boy, every girl, every woman, every man, that by your spirit you would weave into our hearts the things that you've got for us for today. You don't want anything else, Jesus. You're all gonna forget everything I said but Lord, what it is that you've into hearts is what's important. So come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Move amongst us. So I'm not gonna say amen because he's busy moving amongst us. And you uh, know, just trust that he's keep, that he's, he's busy and he's doing something wonderful with us. You know, it used to be easy for me to stand up here because I had like uh, years of in-house jokes to make, and and um, I was thinking about this week and I thought, geez, I don't know where I would land if, if, if I you know spoke here again, and I thought, what would all the jokes be that I would make? kick this off and everyone would get to know me, so I'm not going to make any jokes today. <laughs> no, I've just decided. Yeah. So uh, before I, I share the message that I feel like the, the Lord is saying, I just wanted to quickly follow you in, because some of you may not know, Jess and I moved to Bristol a year ago, and um, we are leading a church there, and we've been given a beautiful um, opportunity to take the gospel back to dark Europe. And um, wasn't a joke. I'm not making any jokes. And um, the, the, yeah, it's been a real privilege to go to the places, to many of the places where um, a lot of our faith has come from, the legacy of much of our faith in Africa comes from these, these congregations that sent people um, to our shores. So it's been a real privilege, and we've seen God doing some wonderful things already, um, but I will say that if you want to li- if you, if you live in a specific place, um, no, let me try and say that in another way. If you don't want to live in a specific place, what you should do, in my experience, is spend your entire life saying you will never live in England. And then see what the Lord does. And I think, is it... That's a joke. I don't know. It's dry up there. Let's see. And, yeah, I I, I really do give God glory because I thought this place was going to be, you know, like when you came back for the last couple of weeks, a lot of people have been saying, oh, it must be terrible up there. It's a real burden to be there. And everyone's, you know, all the South Africans, you've all got your first thoughts that you have about it. I'm seeing Jessie nod because she knows. It's actually delightful. It's wonderful. It's green. It's ancient. There's all sorts of wonderful things that we really are enjoying. But most specifically that we have seen Jesus do things in people's lives. Literally in the first week I was sitting in a coffee shop and I asked a guy how to take a bus. And then we had a conversation and I've been witnessing Jesus to this guy for like the last six, nine months. We've worshipped together. He's like on the brink of giving his life to Jesus. So it's just been beautiful. It was the first week. I thought, okay, well, if I had never come to this right. coffee shop, it would yeah. raining, obviously, outside, and I had to go inside <laughs> and ask this guy off the bus, what would this guy's legacy be of faith? And, and so we've, we've really been blessed to be there and seeing Jesus do some fantastic things. So I'm going to stop there um, on the a little bit about us. Um, one quick last thing is that I did meet a whole bunch of gypsies and they live in processions. I'm mean, giving you guys a little bit of history around it. Has anyone seen the Jutis in the UK? Anyone? Yeah. It's really awesome. And they have some superstitions. And I thought these would be, if you remember anything you, that I said today, you might remember this. But you should never start a journey on a Friday, and never eat out of a cup or a pan that a dog has licked again. <laughs> <laughs> so those are just two things to say to, to, to leave with you. We sat around the fire. With, I sat around the fire with these gypsies and just got chatting with them and asking them questions. And the guy was so animated, and he was showing me how he would throw the pan as far as he could if the dog licked it, and his wife would be upset because she would have washed it. But it's, that's one of his things. So it's so random. I have a friend who wrote a song. Um, it's called "Where I Belong Is at Your Feet" or "Bring Me Back." And always, some of you who know me might. No, we joke about this a lot. His name is Taste Meads, and we call him Bring Me Back Meads. This is one hit that he wrote that got sung in different churches. So he's known as Bring Me Back Meads, and I was just with him last week. I'm going to read you the words of this song. It says, Where I belong is at your feet, praising you. Where I belong is at your feet, touching you. You, Lord, I need only you. Pour out your life on me again. Bring me back to the place where I love the cross. Bring me back to the place where I'm on my knees. Bring me back to an undivided heart. Jesus, bring me back to you. And he goes into a beautiful, bring me back, bring me back. And the girls say, bring me back. And the boys say, it's like written in the sort of 80s. And it's a beautiful song. And I find myself in the mornings, it it started happening to me about... Three, four years ago, it was like, you know, sort of fashion after every 20 years, the thing comes back, that like my dad is cool now. <laughs> and it's the same with songs, every 20 years or so, we can all sing Matt Redman again. And and uh, I find myself about three, four years ago, geez, me that meat, what a great song. And um, I would pick up the guitar in the mornings, and it's ha- it's been happening to me ever since, but pretty much it's my go-to track now in the mornings. and I. I just because I found such an intimate sweet spot with God in the song, just bring me back, just bring me back. So I wanted to talk a little bit about letting go of the fantasy of what we are pursuing, what we are desiring, and coming back to the feet of Jesus together today. So in, in um, the story in Luke ten, when um, Jesus is visiting with Martha and Mary, when I pick it up in verse thirty eight, he says it says, "As Jesus and his disciples were on their way." He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Is it up there? Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, um, really? She came to him. She she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work of myself, work by myself. Tell her to help me. What a cheek, eh? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about new, about many things, but few things are needed. One indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I'm, I'm probably more like a Martha. So I just want you to turn to the person next to you and say what do you think you are. i um, some of you are turning to the person and saying I'm more with Marylise or I'm more with Karen or whatever the, the social media versions are. Is Marylise still, she'd actually like, she done a second video? No. i for her. Do you guys remember Marylise? She was learning to ride a bicycle, she was going to go to study in Amsterdam. And they haven't done a part 2. They haven't shown Marylise riding that bike in Amsterdam. Those of you that don't know what I'm talking about search it later. Marilice rides by a bike on a rugby field. And rides into the pole. And then her mom has words. What, she what does her mom say? Gareth, come and share with us. <laughs> I've changed, Gareth. A year ago, when I was still there, Gareth, Gareth might have had me saying what Marilice mother said. But now I'm in England and we of billions health and safety. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm more like a Martha, and I think um, it really, doesn't really matter, that's why we can joke, whether you're a Martha or you're Mary, they're both important. But we are probably both of them more interchangeably, many of us, often. We, sort of, we swing back and forth, and we have these, these times. And so I'm not here trying to, today specifically, to say, hey everyone, you all need to be Mary, because it does clearly look like Jesus has made Mary up to be the slightly ahead one. But we don't need to be either of them specifically. We can be both. And there's days for, there's, there's times we need to be both. But I want to talk about living from the encounter and, and having a revelation of God's presence that leads us and drives us and moves us and doing things from that place rather than towards that place. But I feel like as believers, we do so much of trying to come to God and so little of trying, of learning and being in a place of enjoying God. And then living from that. And so, that's why I say, don't be a Martha. You can say that to someone next to you. Unless. you're going say, unless. Unless. Yeah, you can also be a Mary. Yeah. And I think these two sisters have been used, really, I, I think, for all sorts of gain. I bet you all, all of us have got stories from a teacher or a parent or someone who's quoted this stuff completely out of context. And uh, I feel I almost felt bad this reading this story over and over again, thinking about these two sisters and how they've probably even walked the world over to bend to different people's desires of beliefs and theologies. But I'm not going to do that today. You know, one of the things that um, has always defined us as a church is that we invite the Holy Spirit and then we actually expect that He will come. Yeah. And I think this is what I'm talking about today, is that when we... When we live from a place of expecting God to have shown us Himself, to have been with Him, to have encountered Him, it's a completely different thing to having a theology that says we do a lot and God's also amongst us time and time again, or now and then. Like, everything we do must be rooted in the coming of the King. Everything we do must be, if He doesn't come, He says, stop, let's pause, let's wait, let's hold, it's not be awkward. And I think that, you know, uh, it's the guy, who, um, the guy who leads the Vineyard Churches in the USA, he had a, he had a thing up on, um, on Twitter, and he just said, what makes a Vineyard Church a Vineyard Church is we actually expect God to come. And I thought, wow, it's such a good, simple thing again. We actually expect it. And that's not unique to Vineyard Churches. That's unique to anyone who loves Jesus. It should be unique to all of us. But really, historically, as a, as a church family, I think this has been the thing that's really defined us. Is we've been trying to pursue, as a group of people, trying to say, what is it really like to come together and to learn what it's like to be with God? And to be those people, those very simple people, that um, it's said of us that they've been with Jesus. You know, those, those, those young people that, at this at this party in Martha's house are just teenagers. But they, shaped, they changed the world. And... It was said of them simply, you know, they were really, they were fishermen, they were, they were craftspeople, that they had been with Jesus, they had been at His feet. And so we don't need anything more than we have right now in our midst. So just say to the person next to you, it's all here, right now. The presence of God is with us. We, are, we have all of Jesus with us right now. And Jesus quotes, Jesus uh, he tells Martha, you're fussing too much and you're getting... Getting yourself worked up over nothing, there's only one thing that's important. Mary's chosen. It's, and in the message, he talks um, Eugene Peterson and says, it's the main course. It's the only thing that matters. I just love that phrase. It's the main course. Just say that to someone. He's the main course. It's the main course. There's nothing else, like there's no peripheral things that will give us any delight to that same extent. Jesus and being at his feet is the main course. And that's what Mary chose. And you are got to live from that place. And so he says, I'm not going to take that from her because she's seen the main course. And I think, as I said in the beginning, I've spent so much of my life living towards this fantasy of if I get to this particular place, and if, if some of you have been in ministry or in, in these kind of things, where you've said, if I get to this place and I walk in this level of authority, or if I get to this thing, I'll see these things happen, or I'll see this kind of breakthrough. You can put it into your own context, into your own work, or your own family. I've spent so much of my life thinking, I want to get into that place. And it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. When we have the main course, and so, again, I don't, want to, I don't want to slate any of us who are doing the work, because the work has to be done. And the other day I was, I was praying, and the Lord said to me, in the next few weeks, I want you to preach a sermon called, Do the Work. That's not this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, in the back of my mind, it's it is, it's there. Do the work, people. It is there. But also, from what place are we doing it? Yeah, yeah so... Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that this will just begin to sink in us. I pray that being at Your feet will become our new place of familiarity, our new place of rootedness. And I pray for those of us that are saying, "Jesus, this is not practical enough. I don't know how to do that." That You begin to show us what it looks like in each of our specific situations to be a person. It lives our lives out in connection with you being at your feet just let this sink in with us jesus right now holy spirit there's a couple of things that came that became clear for me in this and as i just mentioned the one connection with jesus is everything is it okay for me to keep telling you not to say things to each other just say today connection is everything Maybe to the other side, to the other side. You may have to say it to the one that's a little bit awkward. <laughs> say it to the other side. Yeah. Jesus clearly says to Martha, Mary's chosen the main course. And I'm reminded of Jesus um, later on in Matthew 26, you know, he says, the poor will always be with us, but you've got me with you right now. So don't take this away because they've seen something. They're, this is, I'm everything, and I want, you to, I, want, I want to be everything to all of you all the time. So don't take this away from, from Mary right now, because connection is everything. And being as close to, to Him as we possibly can is the chief aim of our lives. Mm, yeah. you know, this Westminster Catechism says that. It's our our aim is to glorify God and to yeah. just, just enjoy Him. You know? Just enjoy Him. So, just say to someone next to you, enjoying Him. I feel like I feel like as a, as, a, as a group of Christian people who are, you know, some, someone walks up, onto the, up to us on the streets and they say, you know, I'm, the, I'm the, of this persuasion, I'm this and this. And we say we're a Christian. We're defining ourselves with Christianity but we don't do enough enjoying of Christ. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I really sensed as I prayed and I thought, Lord, what is it you want to say to this church? Could, could God establish a church in Cape Town that is known as the people who enjoy God? Yeah. Uh, could could okay, he yeah. could okay. he set you guys apart as the ones you know yeah. by the level of enjoyment you're able to derive from your relationship with Jesus? Wow. Yeah. And I love my dad visited in, in Bristol not so long ago and he said to us, he just he was just saying, imagine this this little church in, in Bristol became known as the most lovely church in England. Sure. And as I thought about it, I was like. What Cape Town needs more is people to enjoy God. So I'm just declaring it over you guys. Mm. Just say to someone next to you, you can do more delighting than you're currently doing. You look much better than you look right now. Come on. You can do much more delighting (laughs) than currently. You know the song? Okay? I'm glad to see it. Who knows? What's his name? Clement. What's that wonderful song? Gareth? What's his name? Clement. Clement. Kim Clements. Anyone know Kim Clements? Yeah. YouTube that tonight. What a classic. Somewhere in the future. You look much better than <laughs> <laughs> Just say to someone next to you you can do more delighting than you currently do. Yeah. He's so wonderful. He really is wonderful. Just say it to them. Just tell them. Jesus is wonderful. Just don't be, don't be shy. Jesus is wonderful. You can do more delighting than you can do. Just tell yeah. So as I said, the work has to be done. Another observation I just want to make is that the work does have to be done. And it's not about being anti-Martha at all, because the work's got to be done. Someone's got to pack these chairs out in the morning, not just the person who went out last night and was trying to make up for their party. Since we have to, we have to do the work, we need to be both of these people. But it's about how we are sourced. And where we derive it, that energy from, where we derive the motivation from to live our lives of service. So when we give Jesus our attention, He empowers us to serve. That's the message, so don't get any guys. You know, I was thinking about this. One of the first messages that I ever preached at my first church, probably... Not, not the first, because I remember that one quite specifically. I remember all the nerves and all the wonky theology and everything that goes on. And I hope the tape's been deleted. In one of the earlier messages I preached there, I remember thinking about this thing, and the Lord just popped something in my head, and it's probably been, we only, most of us only have one life message. I think this is one of mine. If we are inviting people into an encounter that we haven't had for ourselves, we're selling them something... In the likes of very For those of you that are using those vacuum cleaners and they're working, I will take that back. But most of us have had experiences with very It's like it's like one form of a slave saying to another to a person, "Come and join my form of traditions and patterns and habits that help me get to God." Come, I'll, I'll. it's not exciting. It's not enticing. Because we're living, in a, we're living in, a, in a wrapped up, kind of bound up thing ourselves where we are doing things to come to God and for Him to enjoy us. And we are believing that our master like life makes God like us more, makes Him delight in us more. And then we go around and we're wondering why our evangelism falls flat. Because people are looking at our lives and they're going, I love lots of it, but those things, they look really weird to me. You do that, and you do this, and you're so caught up. But then sometimes I see you quite free. That's quite nice. But then most of the time you're not. And I just, I've I, I, I heard the Spirit saying to me, just to remind you guys. Because I know I've preached this message a lot in this church, but we're never going to see people coming to the kingdom if it's a, if it's a slave saying to another slave, "Hey, just join my form of slavery because it's slightly more tweaked or better than the one you're currently in." <laughs> Because the yeah. definitely knows better than the one you don't. So why the heck would they want to join your form? Because they might already know their own master. So, another observation I, I want to make from the story is that anxiety doesn't solve problems. You can say that to someone. Yes, and now wait for the kicker. Jesus does. You know? Jesus solves the problems that we face. You know, in Martha's life, Distraction and being pool, this and that—it's got, got to be right. I just imagine that it, was, it was quite a profound thing that was happening. It's a woman. Contextually, uh, I just think about the whole thing of her hosting Jesus. It was a big deal in that day, and and she doing all this stuff. So I can see why it could be important, and we can all see why in our lives there's so many things that can be justified as valuable and we should do them, and they are important and they're necessary. Yeah. But they don't solve the problems. Yeah. They are valuable, but they don't solve the problems. Martha was worried and upset about many things, it says. And Jesus, I love this about Jesus. He it is kind of like, his way with it. just like, you know what, I don't mind if it's not a big spread. He's, he's quite simple. I think we overcomplicate who Jesus is and what he enjoys. You know, I, mean, I love to being here this morning as we prayed and it was such a lovely energy. And I could just get a sense of, we just all simply want to encounter you, God. We're not going to put on anything. We're going to just come mm-hmm. before you. And there's not going to be a smoke machine. <laughs> for a while. Until we <laughs> are not make spirit to get a smoke machine. For the gospel. <laughs> That's it. <here. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Really. You no, you've already started a few <laughs> <laughs> nightclips. No. I think Jesus really does it enjoy, and I think he prefers just the authentic and the, sim- the simple. And so we could do a lot, probably get a lot further ourselves if we joined him in, in that way. Yeah. Just, think, just practically, just throwing that at you guys, that so much of this, of, of, our, of, our, of our lives is caught up going, I need to be prepared and ready and do these things, but actually he just wants to just simply connect. Yeah. And the p- sort of peripheral stuff is less central to him, less, less essential, doesn't matter as much. I also think that actually, in terms of Presentation and wealth, I think he genuinely does prefer being simple. That's just my own personal thing. You can go and work out your own theology on that. But how much of our lives are caught up in this anxiety and these details? And, and in, in, in essence, because of it, we miss the main course. We miss the main event. You know, he's the main course, he's the main event. And we caught up in these details. And I hear Jesus calling all of us again this morning, just saying, Guys, come back to my feet. Bring me back needs to my feet, and just do whatever, it, whatever it takes to learn from the yeah. soft, to be to live from connection with me, yeah. to live from connection with me. That's what's essential. One other observation I want to make is that comparison steals our joy. I think you guys have all heard that many times. God is at work in every story. He was at work in Michael's story in the back there with her comparison and the whole thing and oh and she's getting to the Mary's story was working her story in the the, the enjoyment and the the soaking up up of who Jesus is in the moment but when we when we put ourselves in other people's shoes or when we look at things through someone else's lens it's robbing us of who Jesus wants to be to us so just say to the person stop allowing enemy Satan Satan." Your joy by comparing yourself to these other people because their story is not your story. <laughs> yeah? And then you say, Down, Sata. That's the only way sometimes you have to do things like that, just to remind us that actually, I want to stop that. We need to stop that. And Martha was robbed of this opportunity. She could have just thrown on a few sandwiches and gone and sat in his feet. But I'm sure the spread is delicious. And we each have a unique expression in the kingdom of God. We each have a unique thing that we bring. And none of it is more or less important. Now, a little bit of my own story, and that is part of, when we started this church, the whole thing was, I've always thought God said to me, run a business, do different things, because leading a church is just one of the aspects. It's just one of the things. And we all have these kind of different parts of the, you know, that society says, No, that's, that's a different one, Well, that's a different. I said, no, 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 we'll all just do the things, I'll be here. Forever. End result was, I did get burned out because I was trying to do lots of things at the same time. So, there is wisdom in sort of realizing some of the things require a bit more free time, We're into it. but that's besides the point. The, the, the value was beautiful and is still beautiful, and so we each have unique things that we bring, and trying to step into other people's things, He's always going to steal from us. Yeah, that i just reminded of John 15 where Jesus just talks about remaining in Him. I don't know what you do to remain in Him, but you need to be doing more, is my word for you today. Do more to remain in Him. Yeah. And I know that that's can sound like How do I do that? How do I I remain in Him? And some of us are sort of wondering what it is. And I've fortunately got this thing of bringing back meat I go to in the morning. You might want to... I might play the song for you Maybe that can become your thing. But um, we need to do whatever it takes to remain in Him. And we see... see, um, I think we see lives... People who walk faithfully with Jesus, they do have these very boring on the surface practices of remaining. You know, they, they're the classic things like worshipping daily, reading scripture, buying Terran's book, uh, <laughs> <laughs> prayer habits, we we'll talk about it further. But, you know, they've got these things that they do to remain with them and they're ancient and they're just, they're, there's nothing new under the sun. They're not going to change. These are the things that enable us to remain. There's one more observation I'll quickly make this is, it was quite, it's quite profound if you look at the story that Mary being a woman sat at the rabbi's feet. It was like so contrary to, and I thought I, would, I must do this in the household thing, of all sorts of doctrines. And it is amazing that Jesus just like broke down the societal things. He, he came to the home of a woman and Mary was sitting at his feet. And We had Alexander Fenter who's a really profound preacher here a couple of years ago and he talked about the rabbi's yoke, you know this 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 moment. And Mary sitting at that rabbi Jesus's feet this is just a beautiful picture for us because he sort of he's saying like just just come here and let my words, let the things that I speak, that I speak right now. That's the yoke. The, the words of the rabbi would have been the yoke, and um, let them shape your life. And so what what they would have done is, you know, like Paul, he says I sat, He was it, at the feet of I don't know how to pronounce it. Gem you know, and, and then I lived like Him. I, I did everything. And so you sit that the rabbis feet, and, and you take on their yoke. And so Jesus is, is in that moment saying, what Mary's doing, she's busy taking on my yoke. And what does He say about His yoke? He says His yoke is easy and His burden is light. And Alexander shared with us that Jesus being a carpenter, you know, He would have, he would have um, like rubbed His hand, run His hand across the top of the oxen and felt the grooves and the things, the the unique things about each one of us, and made a yoke that had perfect, sort of carved, softened, open places that there'd be no chafing for that ox. Isn't that amazing? Jesus as this this carpenter making a yoke for each one of us that is easy and light. And so the the observation there is just Mary taking on that yoke is something that we can, each one of us can say, the yoke that he's made for me, if I really, if I really allow him to put that yoke on me, it's going to be easy and light. So that's how I can know it. That's how I can measure it. Because it shouldn't be heavy. It shouldn't be, I need to do more. I need, to, I need for him to enjoy me more. It's going to feel easy and life. And the Spirit's going to agree. The Spirit's going to say, yes, okay, this is exactly what I was born to, to do, to live and to be. So just close your eyes with me for a second. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now by your Spirit that the yoke that you formed for each one of us, the things that are not of you, that we've embraced, that we live with, that we live into, that we live from, that you just shape them right now. God's going to begin to, um, He's going to begin to just bring one or two things to some of your minds. I really do get a sense of him just saying, I'm going to just show you something and then I'm gonna shackle it. Because about three weeks ago I was visiting here, I was sitting at the back there and the Lord showed me a picture of someone who's in entanglement. And it was quite extreme, it's quite a big thing. And I don't know if that person's here today, but I I do get a sense that all of us are in some measure of entanglement. Where we've allowed things that aren't of God to be put on us and they're not his yoke. They're not how he is desiring and calling us to live. Yeah. So we just break off entanglement right now, Lord, where you wanted to set up a free people, we, we want to say yes to you, Jesus. God, when we've been in comparison and our joy has been robbed, Jesus, we say yes to you today and the joy that you bring. As we each live in our lives. Some of you, you've been wracked by that sort of anxiety of, how am I going to get this thing sorted out? Jesus, we turn to you right now. Jesus, we turn to you. Jesus, we come and we sit at your feet and we turn to you and we say, Jesus, will you do what only you can do in these things when we face it? Like I said a moment ago, we do need some of these elements. And I just want to remind you quickly that being practical, Mary was taking time. So take time to sit at his feet and learn how to remain. He's the main course. You can't talk about a life that's given and surrendered to Jesus unless you actually eat of His body and drink. Yeah, we we need to do that practically. So for you, that might literally be from today. I love Bill Johnson. Always talks about how powerful communion is. I think for some of us, that can be the first thing. We can just start. I'm going to take daily communion wherever I am. I'm going to do that so I learn how to remain. So just right now, maybe take out your phone. Check your messages and make a note to say, take communion tomorrow at 7am and put it on every day at the whatever it takes. Yeah. In Lent, this last year, we, we did a thing like at 10 o'clock every day, my alarm would go for 10 and then we just prayed for 10 minutes and it was just brilliant. And so whatever, those things that sometimes eventually, I think it takes three months and then you've got the habit. Some of us, it, it might be years, but take communion is a great thing learning how to remain. Lord, as I drink, as I eat, as I pause right now, teach me how to be still, teach me how to live from. You're delighted in my life. Thank you for the easy yoke. Thank you for the burden that you put on me that is so easy to carry. I thank you, God, that I, that I come to the world from a place of resource and Your delight. and that what I give to others is from the joy I found in you, Jesus. I thank you that I have everything I'm not trying to earn it, Jesus. Yeah. I thank you, Jesus, that you've given me all the things that I need to survive this day to come through. I thank you, God, that as I look at the sky, the birds, the sounds, the mountain, I thank you, Jesus, that you're my provider, that you care for them, you care for me, that you teach me to remain in this day, Jesus. Do something like that. That's what I'm trying to practice. For me, some of those elements are going in cold water and sunshine, and I think we all need things that, to keep us alive. But as, as believers, we need worship, we need prayer, we need these, these practices that teach, teach us to remain and we also need Terran's book on how to read scripture. We really do. I, I've, been on a, I've been on a news fast for about three weeks. And um, my phone battery lasts about four days now. <laughs> so, I don't know why you guys love me. It. No. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. You can double your battery length by stopping looking at your phone. And... So those of you that have been complaining, living someone else's journey about their battery lasts longer than mine, and how do they have so much more capacity than me, you can double the length of your battery by learning how to remain in Jesus. <laughs> at least. So I've been on a known news fast, and I literally, I don't know what to do with my phone anymore. I just look at it on a few WhatsApps and I put it down, because I had nothing to pick it up for. I was never bigger on the other things that some of you also are on as well, on top of these. You might have to start dropping the one and then the other and the other. But I've been asking this for to lead me to read the scriptures. And it's been amazing. And, and so whatever you've got to do, I just want to urge you guys that you really do need these practices, these elements. And there's another, here's another little clue or another little thing I want to throw at you from... Uh, a guy I picked it up the other day, we were in, a, we were in like an ancient service, and he did this sort of Ignatian, um exam, and you can start with saying, thank you, if you want to jot this down, something you're grateful for in the morning, and then you can invite the Spirit to come and reveal something that is in you that you want to change, that you need to change, that you need to shake off, and then you can say, God, I'm sorry that that thing's there, let it go. It's not this whole big woe is me, beat myself on the back. It's just like, Lord, sorry, it's there. I'm letting no one go. It's gone now. And then you can look forward to the next day and say, Lord, what is it that you have for me in this day that's coming? So those are cool cool little things that you can use. And one other practical thing, and this church has really been built on this over all the years, is prophecy. Have a list of all the prophetic words that have ever been spoken over your life and read them in the morning. Live from them. Because we're living from a place of encounter, not towards, oh, I wish I came to that thing and I got another one. No, I've got them, and I want to live into them. I want to live from them. So some of you are going to get words this morning, and that's wonderful, but we all need to have words of our life, and if you don't, it's very easy in a church like this. You just lean to the person next to to you, you can do it now, if you want, and say, how does God see me? How does God see me? How does He know me? Can you encourage me quickly? Can you share a little bit of the comfort of the Holy Spirit That you found with me that I can be comforted and jot that down on my list and then read it tomorrow? That's what prophecy is. You know? Again, like I said earlier, let it be said of us that we these simple people. We're not pursuing anything other grand, but we've been with Jesus. The encounters we've had with Jesus is what's shaping us. So, I want to stop there. That's the message. I hope that's helpful. couple of quick stories and we're going to pray together. Am I okay with time? Yeah, I Gen- Genuinely, I'm okay. Yeah. We don't read time, we feel time. We feel it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just want to say uh, that I started... One of the main things I brought to this church was starting on time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Those so so of you that know me so say, yeah, I'm put that stake in the ground oh, and say... In my day, we started on time, and I just, love know, I, just started, <laughs> I just I just that we started on time, and it was fantastic. I fought, everybody who doesn't know, I fought, and I fought, and I just had the wrong methods. We didn't have the authority, and we fought, and we fought, and we came in. and it just never, ever broke through. <laughs> I'm loving that you guys are starting on time. In Bristol, it's a military ship. That yes. thing, it's, uh, I crack the whip there, we start, so uh, two minutes early, and just kick it off. <laughs> the it's it's, it's, it's it's dynamic. It's... <laughs> so a couple of things about England that I just thought I'd share with you. We pump our own gas. It's cold sometimes. hold you know, this thing and it's cold. Another thing is they're big into health and safety. And um, we made a fire the other day at someone's house, and then they put a small fence around it so you couldn't get too close. second, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> exactly. cool. to drink supper so every time we invite someone for tea you've got to be careful because they're coming are hanging out. so now we to say when to come for the type of thing that we drink from salon and there's not going to be food involved it's very confusing no. and one more thing everyone if you're not well you call called poorly. so the first few times is when we use poorly and this is the first one I realized is who Feeling who <quilly. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> So made it rains a few things there. Eh? Feeling who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I said, as I joked you know, earlier, I did say a lot. I'll never live in England over the years. And uh, it's wonderful to live there. You're always doing some wonderful things. We, we took this church on and uh, it was known as Bristol Vineyard Church and we felt like God had said to us we're going to plant more churches. So we've recently rebranded the church to Field because we meet in an area called Whorefield. And Hall was not going to go down well. <laughs> so we <laughs> so said, we're going to call it Field. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you, you agree. So you, the, <laughs> you the good choice. And um, it was amazing. I was, I was with this this prophet, by the other day, and she said to me, you're living, she knew nothing of this. She said to me, you're living from a desert to a field. And I was just like, yes Lord, thank you. And then, um, the, the Spirit led me about a month ago, two months ago, probably, I can't remember, that there's someone in a meeting that's coming this morning that there's, there's something going on with Ruby Street. And I was thinking, what's going on with Ruby Street? I had no idea. And as I walked into the meeting, I looked up, and then we meet in this crazy venue with like flags of the world in it. It's very chaotic and not beautiful like this. And so you sort of come in, and you're overstimulated. And and they've thrown up a new flag, like an extra one, to add to the 400. There's literally hundreds. And it said Ruby on it. So I was like, okay, I knew that one was on. And as we we went on in the meeting, I asked who's the person that's got something going on with Ruby Street. And there was a girl in the room who had just been Uh, kicked out of her house from Ruby Street and she could no longer live there. And we had the most profound time of God beginning to to say, hey, I'm fully in your situation on Ruby Street and I've got you covered. The other day, I was at a meeting and uh, the Lord said to me, there's going to be someone there who's wearing new shoes, which, you know, that's a safe bet, I thought, as a prophet. Uh, But to my great delight, I said, who's this person with new shoes? And this guy lifts up his foot and he's got the tags <laughs> hanging off the shoes, on both shoes. And uh, he'd never received the prophecy. And I'd never seen someone walking around with new shoes with the tags there, Stickers underneath. I swear he must have just bought them on the way there. Too old to bend down and take off the tags. He's going to wear them out. The tags. And uh got to pray with him and just speak destiny and life of him. He was so encouraged. Another story is that um, I had a nudge that there was someone in a meeting who was, that we were having, who was 33 years old and was wearing a striped t-shirt. So I started looking around the room, Who sort of looks that age, who's 33, who's wearing stripes, and I saw two people with stripes. And so I went with them and I was like, okay, the that, Lord's that busy with that person. And it was amazing, it was doing a whole lot of things and the person was really touched. And then um, I had two other words. Someone got an infection in their kidney, And uh, someone had a growth on their left foot, on the arch of their foot. So I was sort of quite specific. And it turns out that at the end of the meeting, again, I wish that this, you know, in terms of my prophetic and uh, word of knowledge career, would have happened in the moment to really stir faith. And obviously, at the end of the meeting, this person takes off their jacket, who's 33, has an infected kidney, and has a growth on their left arch. And so then you kind of Obviously, the military operation we were running there at the time. The meeting had ended sharply, so we but we did something out of, out of uh, sort of off plan, and we reopened the meeting at the end again, yeah. and just said, "Hey, everyone, you need to stop because God wants to do something yet." And we got to pray with this guy, and the the, the growth on his foot left. It was amazing. He had all three words, and in the sort of in the in the, in the flow of a two other striped T-shirt people were this, the word thirty-three. <laughs> what was beautiful is they were hungry. Yeah. So, you could take anything. And, and just last, last, um, two quick stories. We were with a friend of ours recently. We were like the mission, um, we were like the ministry team to so this guy, is a prophet and he said, just come and be, Jess and I was praying with, with whoever he said God was doing something. So he would send us and we'd go pray in like meetings like this. And, uh, we, we heard a, we saw a deaf here open. And, um, the girl hadn't, heard, hadn't been able to hear out of that ear. And we, as we prayed with her, I just clicked on the, on the side of her again. she said, whoa, I've never, I've never heard out of that ear. Wow. And so we were just like, I said, no, you're putting us on. Obviously, I said, so this, this can't be. So we, we spent like another three hours praying, trying to seal it and make sure. Was, <laughs> like, no way, it can't be. doing the whole thing, like one to ten, how bad was it? And the whole thing, actually, sure. she, she was blown away. And so were we, it was like really profound. And yeah, and then we, we've been able to see, as I mentioned, quite a few people meet Jesus for the first time. It's been amazing. We've got this And um, baptized a couple of people. There's some more coming in the next little while. And we've taken two mission trips already, just like sort of two different towns. or actually three around in two different towns in England. So God's definitely busy and using us. I so just wanted to share those stories to stir your faith. And we're just going to pray a little bit now. And uh, just expect the Holy Spirit to do what He always does. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now, that you're living in on it. Uh, and uh, we just give you glory, God, for, for uh, your presence, your faithfulness. Just while in that prayerful place, just lean over to the person next to you, just whisper, is any faithful? No? Ah, yeah? he's oh, been so faithful. He's been so faithful. Mm. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here and have been faithful to us. Each and every one of us. We just invite you, God. You want to be those people. As I said earlier, just make this a house in Cape Town that's known for our ability to enjoy you, God. Just so make us a people who enjoy you like nothing on earth. Come, Holy Spirit. We say, come, and we to you when we pray. So, just join me. Just head and hand, and come off your lips. You say, Jesus, I want you to come and move amongst us. Jesus, I want, you to, I want your spirit to begin to fill this place. And you begin to move in this place, Holy Spirit. It's, for some of us, it's been too long. We, just, it, we can just say, Lord, I've missed you. Like I long to connect with you again. I haven't connected with you. Like I long to for ages. Come Holy Spirit, and move on. We'll, just, we'll, we'll begin to sense His peace. I mean, we're already sensing His peace, He's coming. Thank you, Father. I just want to remind you guys, as we pray and share some words, it's never a bit about, been about accuracy, it's always been about knowing we love by the Holy Spirit, loved by God. He loves each and every one of us there's a never-ending, wider love than we can imagine. So we thank you, God. Just, just let His name come off your lips again. Just thank you, Jesus, that your love is on my life and that's what shapes me and defines me, God. I thank you that, you're, that you've poured out your Spirit on me, Jesus, that there's nothing in this world that can shape you, Jesus, because I'm, I'm rooted in your love and I find my affirmation in you, Jesus. I thank you, God, that I live my life on your feet, from the place of encounter with you, Jesus. That everything I do flows out of who you have been to me, Jesus. Who you are are being to me, Jesus. That the blood and the body, Jesus, that that you poured out, Jesus, has shaped me. That I've come, I'm in union, I'm woven in with you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness.